0: hello
1: hi so welcome to the first ever upgrade you podcast
0: exciting times so bear with us it is as emma said it is the first one so hopefully there's not too many errors um as far as finding our feet are concerned but we'll only make it better
1: yeah yeah especially as not quite sure how to edit yet so yeah there might be a few errors but actually we should be fine we have loads of questions and they are brilliant so let's crack right on so we get them all in i'm gonna ask you the first one it's from claire she says any advice on how best to stretch out slash work my hamstrings i keep pulling my left hammy when i run so i wonder if there's any specific exercises i can do to try and avoid this
0: okay well as far as stretching is concerned so stretches should generally be held a lot longer than most people think so anywhere up to like a minute per muscle groups recommended for for kind of certain body parts. So a lot of people, I'm not saying you do Claire, but a lot of people will only hold them for 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And for a lot of muscles to benefit, you need to hold them for a lot longer. Although it may be something else that's kind of causing the tightness rather than just inflexibility. So it might be worth seeing an expert about that. So glutes seem to be the cause of everything, but I'm not saying it's that obviously, but I'd maybe get that looked at, especially if it's, only on one side, it's on your kind of left side. Um so that's kind of what I'd suggest. As far as exercises are concerned, um, any exercise it's causing a, a decent stretch. So Romanian deadlifts, single leg Romanian deadlifts, stiff leg deadlifts, good mornings, and that's kind of what I'd recommend from a, a stretch and a strengthening uh, exercise standpoint.
1: Good. Sounds good to me. I'd probably recommend the same strengthening is going to be a big thing and and unfortunately the fact you're saying it's sort of recurring is probably that there's now a bit of a weakness there and maybe you need to take some time off running to actually strengthen it enough so that it can sort of withstand that that pressure now because there's obviously a now weakness an underlying Mm -hmm. weakness
0: absolutely absolutely next question from anna and she's asked can you really in quoted slow your metabolism by being on, a low, on being on low calories for a long time, or is all the adaption just because you're smaller, e.g. weigh less, and you need less calories, or is there some other mysterious magic happening? Emma?
1: Brilliant question. Um, so when people talk about slowing their metabolism down, what they often mean is that their energy requirements have been reduced, and your metabolism or your metabolic rate is only a, a part of this. So what we term your total daily energy requirements or expenditure is actually composed of your basal metabolic rate. So your metabolic rate or your metabolism, as you've referred to it as. Um, And you've rightly said that this is larger if you're a larger person. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, a larger person requires more energy to maintain a larger mass. However, there's also other components in that. So you've got your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is a very fancy way of saying how much activity you do during the day outside of structured exercise. Um, then you've got your structured exercise. And then you've also got what's termed the thermic effect of food, which is basically how much energy you need to use to digest your food. Um, And that depends, unsurprisingly, largely on how much you eat, which again depends largely on how big a person you are. Um, So where am I going with this? (laughs) I guess my point is that it could be that you've reduced your your activity levels rather than your metabolism has slowed. Mm -hmm. So yes, your metabolic rate will slow as you lose weight and become a smaller person. Yeah. but importantly if you put that weight back on you will reverse that process so you'll go back to having a quote-unquote higher metabolism
0: but you'll then, be heavier
1: yeah exactly so it's kind of a byproduct and yeah you've got to accept it smaller people require less food Absolutely. um one slight caveat to that would be that as you diet you often also become more efficient at using energy so mm-hmm. not only, I guess a, a very obvious example of this is, again, is about being a smaller person, but a lighter person requires less energy to move. So although you may still be saying, oh, I still take 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Taking 10,000 steps a day and weighing 85 kilograms requires more energy than ten, taking 10,000 steps a day when you only weigh 80 kilograms now. Yeah. So your energy expenditure has gone down. Um, hopefully that
0: answers that. Absolutely. In a long winded
1: fashion
0: yeah, there is like a tiny, tiny amount of adaptation, if you like, where it is magic, but that and not we don't really know why that is just yet, but like I said, it is a tiny, tiny amount that isn't going to affect um the isn't going to slow your metabolism down if that makes sense, so all the points Emma's said is a hundred percent the the main fact or the only factor as far as yeah the, the Any... metabolism process is concerned. So
1: sort of any adaptation in your metabolism one can be reversed and yeah two it, it jonathan's right there is it's slightly more than would be predicted that your metabolism slows but we're literally here we're talking about 20 calories a day yeah you know the equivalent of getting up and doing 10 squats yeah so it, it's not something you need to be worried
0: about absolutely
1: next question kate lewis and we're not really a question more of a statement In need of mobility and foam rolling routine.
0: Okay. I've got a great video in the free group that I can tag you in, Kate. Also, I can look at doing some other ones if you let me know what specific body part you would like to mobilize. But I do have a good um, lower back, glutes, hamstring um, mobilization video that's dead simple and a few minutes long. So I can certainly tag her in that.
1: Brilliant. Well, that's you sorted. Um, she also says any recommendations for positive mindset audiobooks for during cardio? Well, obviously now <laughs> this, this podcast should be what you're listening to during cardio. Um, I actually personally don't have any in terms of positive mindset. Yeah, I'm exactly the
0: same, Emma. I don't um, yeah. yeah, I don't have
1: I've I've heard brilliant stuff from about Jamie Alderton's podcast but I actually can't say I ever listened to it yeah. and it's now finished, but you, I'm sure there was you know, a good 20 or more episodes that you could go through and he speaks a lot about mindset. So mm-hmm. that could be a good shout.
0: It might be worth posting that up um, in the free group so you can get some feedback from some of the other kind of members that maybe do listen to Mindset audiobooks and podcasts, but sorry, we can't be more helpful with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: Kelly Armstrong Um, when is the best time to eat carbs before or after training
0: okay so there's arguments for both sides Um, there's restoring your muscle glycogen which is your kind of carb storage after workouts but also making sure that you have carb stores full before you work out too Um, so they're both going to give you benefits obviously personally though for most people and ensuring that you have like ensuring that you have protein around your workouts is much is something that you should focus on or kind of prioritise for most of the kind of population and most of the clients that myself and emma kind of work with so that's my point on i know emma's going to have quite a bit more
1: Uh, honestly it's probably going to come down to preference yes um it's also a bit of a false dichotomy, like with everything in fitness, or a lot of things. Like, should I have my cards before or after? Like, yeah. why don't you have some before and some after? Like, yeah. It's no, you know, have a banana and a protein shake before you go to the gym, and then have your meal within mm-hmm. an hour or two after training.
0: Yeah, You're it's sorted. people absolutely. It's people focusing on like the tiny percentages that might make a difference when they should be focusing on the big picture. And it's like, no, most of the time it's people. I'm not saying this is Kelly, but most of the time it's people that don't have the the,
1: the basics yeah the basics yeah. are
0: going to cause 95 percent of the change and they're worried about the five percent
1: exactly um yeah i think that kind of covers that it really i'd consider one preference and how it fits around your meals but two more just do you, you know are you someone that likes to train on sort of an empty stomach or are you someone that is you know i really need to have a meal in or i'm not going to train as well yeah look at how it's going to affect your training and just use that to dictate when you have your carbs and try out either one you know if you're not quite sure i'm not sure if i train on train better on more carbs or not like try it out and see how you feel
0: yeah i was just going to say as well you probably like you'll have your preferences and whatnot but you'll probably the more you relax about it you probably won't notice a difference yeah Um, yeah it's not going to be like wow i've had carbs 30 minutes ago i'm so energized like um, it doesn't work that way yeah
1: it's probably going to be more i know it is for me that if i go into the gym hungry i'm more like "Well, i'll miss that last set and just go yeah. and have dinner yeah whereas if i've maybe eaten a bit more before i'm not that fussed about rushing home to eat again or
0: absolutely uh next one from susan so she's said or asked in order to meet her protein target is it okay to have two protein shakes a day her target's 120 grams but regularly ends up on 100 grams is that a real issue
1: so I would say that actually, probably 100 grams, you're okay. Mm-hmm. We often ask you to shoot for higher because there's satiety benefits to eating more, and you know we want you to get in at least 25 grams of protein with each meal. So if you're having four of those a day, one of those being a shake, you're probably gonna. We want you to go on the upside of 25. So if you have 30 yeah. and something, that's why we give you, we've given you that 120 yeah. gram goal. Yeah. If you're getting over 100 consistently, I'm not going to stress about you not hitting 120. It's good to aim for. um, And I'd say that, you know, if you're still hungry and you think, okay, a shake's going to be a good snack or I enjoy having a shake, that it's absolutely fine to do a day. However, if you're at the end of the day and you're thinking, I've not met my protein goal, I'm full and I'm not even, you know, I'm not hungry, I'm just drinking this purely to meet my protein goal. Don't
0: bother. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't add anything onto that at all. Exactly what Emma said.
1: Awesome. Right. I'll ask you this one. Okay. Although I'm pretty sure you won't have an answer because I didn't. (laughs) Uh, I have problems with headaches after heavy sessions, especially if they involve squats or Bulgarian splits. I read that an easy fix for me might be adjusting the barbell position, but I haven't really seen any improvements so far. Uh, Do you have? And then also, are physiotherapists worth um, working with for a quote-unquote normal exerciser?
0: Okay, so as far as the headaches are concerned, first off, I've not heard that it's the bar placement. No, that's a new one for me. Um, yeah,
1: I've not heard that. Yeah. But, I mean, it could make sense in terms of if it's putting pressure on your neck.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's a completely... Um, I don't know if it's something that's well-known, if it's one person that said that to you. But again, it's I've not heard that one before. Um, I have experienced clients when they're exerting themselves on things like the leg press, for instance, on squats that do get a bit lightheaded. headed um, And what we've kind of, or what I've done or kind of tried to drill into them from a kind of habit standpoint when they are doing that is just breathing and relaxing the neck area, relaxing the upper back area, because I think when that happens, it's more to do with the tension and holding your breath and the kind of blood rush into your head more than anything. Um, again, that is just completely anecdotal this isn't from any research or um this being a common thing that happens to people that go to the gym just maybe try to give it a go try to prioritize your breathing inhaling as you go in the negative part of the exercise exhaling as you push out and kind of see how that goes maybe trying to regulate that and relaxing your upper back and neck as well uh physiotherapist wise for a normal exerciser if you've got things that aren't getting better, if you're injured, if you've tried to rehab it yourself and it's just not going anywhere, then some there are some good sports physios out there that can at the very least tell you what you've done and what you need to work out on and kind of give you some exercises to improve it. Going to physios every single week, I think is a bit of a scam personally because there's most of the stuff you're going to need to do yourself. Uh, that's, only, that's my kind of two cents on that. I don't know if Emma would add anything to that at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've got a certain... <clears throat> um recurring injury that's not i think the frequent thing with physios being a scam or i often find them a bit of a scam because they always want you to come back even if you know just one more to check that everything's like totally in place and like all right that's another 30 40 quid um and also a lot of this would probably be be fixed if you could listen to yourself. So, like, you know, you're going to go to the physio, you're going to pay £40 for their advice, so you'll listen to it. And what are they going to say? Rest. Yeah. They're going to say, do a few stretches, do this, this, and this, and rest. And the fact is, you probably would have got better with the rest itself. Um, but if you do have a recurring or serious injury, then 100% go to a physio or a doctor or
0: yeah, absolutely. a specialist. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and in terms of, headaches again i've not heard about the barbell placement being particularly important but i could see why that might be brilliant input from jonathan about breathing i hadn't really considered that but that's probably what it is um you could try changing a bar to maybe dumbbells and see if that alleviates the the issue because if it does then it probably is the bar placement and if it doesn't then it might be your breathing Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah. And it's something yeah. that I've noticed with just very quickly with like new clients, like that's something that some of them can experience that they've never really exerted themselves to that level before. And um, so they will be more tense. They will not be breathing as, as they should be. So, um, right. We'll jump on to the next question from Michaela. She understands the ideal case would be to precisely to follow macros and calories as prescribed. Not precisely. I'm just going to add that point, but will jump on that. Um, <laughs> but honestly, she struggles to get the protein. She's vegetarian with vegan tendencies, tendencies, so if she hits the calories but a protein intake is lower can she expect the same result as with higher protein what is the major trade off that i should be prepared for
1: Okay so one of the trade offs would potentially be satiety so if you are struggling to hit your to stay within your calorie needs it could be because you're feeling very hungry and you're tempted to overeat having a higher protein diet makes you feel more full so the whole Marks and Spencer's high-protein meals, fuller for longer, like they have a point there. Um, You also might potentially be reducing your adaptations to training and recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want to lose fat tissue and not lean tissue. Mm -hmm. And having a higher protein diet allows your body to sort of preferentially use fat as fuel and not dip into your protein stores. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the main reasons... That protein is so important and one of the reasons why timing of protein is a little bit more important than other macronutrients so carbs and fat is that protein isn't stored in the same way as carbs and fat so carbs can be stored as glycogen in your muscles fat can be stored as fat in your fat cells Mm -hmm. Um, but protein is in this constant state of flux where there's a balance between protein breakdown and protein synthesis and this means that to maintain a positive protein balance and to maintain your muscle mass, we need to take in regularly, like mm-hmm. protein regularly from the diet. Um, so that's sort of the reasons behind why we advocate such a, like a higher protein diet. Um, yeah. And I do know that this is extremely hard as a vegan or as a vegetarian, like I've had clients that are before written the meal plans and, you know, mm-hmm. really struggled to get in enough protein but it's actually even more important because Mm -hmm. non-animal protein sources don't have what's termed a full amino acid spectrum. So put in a sort of less sciencey way, they don't have all of the building blocks of protein, whereas animal sources do. Mm -hmm. Um, So with a vegan diet, you need to look at getting in loads of different sources of protein and trying to really hit, hit that um, protein marker. So I guess, for you I'm going to say for all these reasons I want you to get a bare minimum of sort of 25 grams of protein per meal so mm-hmm. I mean that by like four times a day yeah so that would leave you never under 100 grams of protein which would be a good goal for you
0: yeah absolutely awesome uh, Emma that was an awesome answer there's a few things that I've made notes on and a few things I hadn't as well so yeah absolutely great especially to do with the um The last point, really focusing on or giving Michaela something to focus on. That was great. Um, Brilliant. Cool. Next question. It's Kelly. So sometimes in work, she's too busy to eat and we'll bring lunch home with her. Excuse me. Today she did this. And then I can't fit in my last meal. Is it best to have a protein shake so it's easier to get down or eat the meal? um my answer for this one it was that it's not really better or worse and that the main thing goal wise is that if it's kind of fat loss or weight loss is your kind of calorie intake so if at the end of the day that kind of happens you have a busier day it's not worth doing like going it's not worth making yourself uncomfortable if it's easier to finish the day off with a shake then go ahead and do that
1: yeah um i'd probably say exactly the same uh yeah and i guess the The whole sort of timing of meals or protein shakes around your training session like just do what works for you do what feels best um kind of we just answered a question similar to this so you know if having a shake before workout works better for you or if it's too late to you don't feel like eating a big meal by the time you get home you could have a shake after workout you know whatever it is it's really just preference and finding what works for you there's no right or wrong answer to that
0: yeah absolutely uh, next one for emma are supplements needed as in creating this is from kelly as well
1: so supplements if you have a very balanced diet which i know that you do then i'd say no not really um i would recommend the multivitamin sort of just to cover your bases but even then like your your vitamins and mineral balance is actually quite tightly regulated by your body so mm. High dosages of supplements, even vitamins should be avoided, in my opinion, unless mm. you're taking them for a specific deficiency that, you know, like a professional or your doctor has said you should be taking this because you're, you're lacking in it. And also someone who <clears throat> knows and appreciates how taking, you know, a lot of that said supplement is going to affect other vitamins and mineral balances in your body so you know i was looking recently into vitamin d and everyone's sort of jumping mm-hmm. on the hype for vitamin d it's brilliant and i actually do recommend it to most people i take it myself mm-hmm. however there is some you know it does react very closely with calcium taking too much of eva can cause calcification in your arteries which could increase your risk of cardiovascular disease there's also a big trade-off with my well not a trade-off but a, a Relation with magnesium levels, so you you know you think it's just oh I'll take a bit more vitamin D, but actually taking more vitamin D could mean that you're not getting in enough calcium, or you're getting in too much calcium, or mm-hmm. that magnesium levels are also off. So all of these things have side effects. So getting things in from your diet seems to be the best way. Having a good balanced diet, it like. Everything I've read and I read a lot. (laughs) Always at the end of the day, you know, I'll go through phases within the day of thinking, oh, this is definitely the best thing ever. Like, vitamin D is going to be the next best thing, or blah, blah, blah. By the end of the day, I'm like, oh, it comes back to a balanced diet. Like, every single time, that's what it comes back
0: to. Absolutely. Like, brilliant points. And too much of, like Emma said already, too much of a a good thing isn't any better. It either doesn't get you any further results or can result in yeah De- detrimental effects
1: yeah um, like strangely taking you know maybe taking too much of one su- of one vitamin can make yeah. you deficient in another
0: yeah
1: it's it just yeah your body's crazy um in relation to creatine i would say that creatine is one of the most well-researched supplements out there and mm-hmm. it can have benefits to strength gains yeah um one thing to look out for is that you might experience some water retention mm-hmm. and just to be aware of that 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 is water retention water and not fat
0: absolutely yeah absolutely so look at the name as well supplement so yeah. they're not needed they're, they're supplemental um, and again a lot of people focus on supplements when they've not even focused on the main thing which is creating a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus depending on the goal the more fixated on pre-workouts creatines all yeah. that kind of stuff
1: yeah and i guess like a, on a side point because we just spoken about vegan diet is that actually if you are vegetarian or vegan you you maybe should be taking some supplements notably b12 but even creatine because you're not getting in any of it from meat and things so you might see a huge benefit whereas kelly who might be eating quite a high meat diet might not see that much of a benefit from taking on creatine which is in meat um Someone else who's on a vegan diet might see a huge benefit from doing that. So there's considerations there as well.
0: Absolutely, great points. Great points.
1: Do you want me to cover this one as well? Because the next one's on the contraceptive
0: pill. Uh, okay. So does the contraceptive? Kelly's again. Does the contraceptive pill prevent weight loss? I've seen a few coaches on Instagram, the uh, where you get all the best coaches talk oh, about yeah. this. Talk about this, and I'm intrigued.
1: So brilliant question, and Thanks for asking it because, you know, yeah, it's good. When you see things on Instagram, you're not quite sure. Like, it's good to just put it to us and see what we have to say on it as well. Absolutely. So, yes, the contraceptive pill can um, make it harder to lose weight. but Wait. not <laughs> Well, no, no, no. Well, I'm going to say, it well, it we can make it harder to lose fat. Yeah. But not directly. So, mm. for example, if being on the pill... Um, makes you hungrier or mm-hmm. it makes you less likely to So subconsciously you can reduce your activity levels by mm-hmm. hormone fluctuations um, hunger can be affected by hormonal fluctuations yep. um, obviously we know that acutely changes in hormones can make you retain water around your time of the month but for this I'm speaking more more about is it making long term fat loss harder and for some people it can if it affects either their hunger or mm-hmm. their activity levels. So it's not it's not like oh, I'm taking the pill, I put on weight, even though I'm still in a calorie deficit. No, 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 that does not happen. Yeah, it's because it's influencing your calorie intake or your calorie expenditure. That doesn't make it any less real, but it doesn't mean that in and of, in and of itself, it's making you put on fat. It's causing you to behave in a way that is changing Mm -hmm. your energy intake or energy expenditure. And that's why it could be harder to lose weight on the pill.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. And the same kind of thing goes for things like antidepressants. um, Exactly. Um, Anything that can affect, like Emma said already, your hormones, um, your moods, your um, want to get up and go if you like, or want to eat healthily, like that is going to have effects. It's not, I'm taking the pill so I can't lose weight or um what's another another good good one that we hear quite a lot anyway so yeah absolutely brilliant points
1: mm-hmm. yes um and then i'd say i guess like if, if you're not experiencing any sort of significant negative side effects with the pill i wouldn't worry about you know not so i definitely wouldn't suggest coming off the pill purely because you think it might have a slight effect on fat loss because it's probably not going to have any
0: yeah absolutely
1: Okay, so if your diet is high in fat, but your calorie, but you're in a calorie deficit, does this matter? And what are the long term effects? That's from Emily.
0: Okay, Emily. So as long as you're again, we spoke about protein, the the satiety effects, the satiety benefits of taking protein, as long as that's included and also the health benefits, too. As long as that's included, it's in a kind of good range. So like Emma said, between like 90, depending on your body weight to 120 ish grams per day, then that's awesome. Fat intake it really doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter as far as um, where that is, because, like you've said, if you 're in a calorie deficit, you 're still going to lose body fat. so if you're somebody that prefers a higher fat diet um, or a lower carb diet, or vice versa, but you maintain your protein intake, you still get plenty of fruit and veg in your diet, you you, you kind of fit things around your own personal preference better and that allows you to adhere to your diet better, then go ahead and continue to do that. So even though we've set your carbs, protein, fat, fibre, if you want to change your carbs and your fat around, but keep the calories, keep the protein, then please go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. And I guess I'd say as well, <clears throat> if your diet is high in fat from like things like oily fish, olive oil, yeah. you know, no problem, It's absolutely brilliant if it's too high in fat from sort of burgers and chips and you're yeah. probably going to struggle to do that and fit that in your calories anyway, yeah. then obviously that's not so great, Yeah. but actually probably still not as bad as we might think. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically you're, you're still better off being lean with a quote-unquote poor diet mm-hmm. than you are to be overweight consuming quote-unquote good foods or low-fat. Mm-hmm. Um And it seems to be most of the research suggests that it's the storage of excess body fat that causes the ill effects associated with obesity and not sort of your diet per se. Although we're definitely not recommending trying to fit in burgers and, you know, all the time now and again, it's absolutely fine. And actually a higher fat diet, if it's coming from things like salmon, like that's brilliant. I definitely suggest that. So wouldn't worry about that. Stick to your calories, stick to your protein, and then let preference dictate the rest.
0: Absolutely. Next one's from Beverly. And if weight loss is our goal, should we include cardio into our workouts? And If so, how much?
1: Um, in terms of weight loss, cardio is just another tool. So mm-hmm. in terms of weight loss, if you want to create a bigger deficit, you could add in some cardio or you could take out some food. Um, cardio, you're probably, well, most people overestimate the amount of energy they can burn during cardio and and even you know even the treadmill lies to you and it says you've burnt or especially like the stairmaster where i you know it's ridiculous like one most people are like leaning off it anyway and i'm guilty for that as well but you know i'll be on there for maybe 10 minutes it says i've burnt 200 calories and like there's like given that i'm just you know quite casually on my phone whatever like, there's absolutely no way that I've burnt 200 calories. So I would be a, a bit wary of of that. However, increasing your um, activity levels by going for a walk, doing a bit of extra cardio at the end of a session, if you enjoy doing it, absolutely fine. If you're someone that hates cardio, you don't ever need to do it. Yeah. Um, you don't need to sit on a bike and, you know, hate your life for 30 minutes or whatever it is. You could... Quite simply, just eat a little bit less. It, what we'd suggest is doing a variety of the two. So we want you to focus on your strength training plans when you're in the gym. If you want to add in some extra cardio, by all means do that. If you want to burn more calories by trying to be more active during your day, even better. If you just want to eat slightly less, that's fine. If you want to do a combination of all of them, that's probably your
0: best bet. Absolutely, I know exactly everything i've make, made notes on there you've answered so yeah oh, we're in sync we are same one from beverly <clears throat> excuse me um is protein water with whey protein isolate an acceptable protein source it is 90 calories and 20 grams of protein yep. yeah yeah <laughs> the only thing Hear i'd say word. maybe yeah. Twenty grams is maybe. This is me being very pernickety, Maybe slightly low.
1: Yeah, I actually said that as well. I've got it yeah. here. I said, sounds about right. Um, there's four calories of uh, there's four calories in a gram of protein. So yeah. twenty grams, blah blah blah. But twenty five would be better to shoot for. So you maximally simulate that muscle protein synthesis response.
0: Yeah. So you, basically, so you get the most benefit from that protein. Your, your body's going to use it um as efficiently as it should be doing um great
1: okay so next one polyols what are they and how should i count them
0: i thought it was a pokemon to start with no i'm joking <laughs> um yeah so basically it's, it's sugar-free sweeteners so um they are going to be in low calorie foods or sugar-free foods and some foods that try to trick you into thinking that they've got no calories because they call them sugar-free um you'll get them in kind of sugar-free chewing sweets gum. chewing gum Yeah, that's another one sugar-free yeah. sweets um, they still are counted um in the kind of calories so if you look at um the back of foods even chewing gum it will say it's got calories in it so mm-hmm. they they do have calories you don't need to count them individually and uh, you don't need to be looking for carbs fat protein fiber and polyols on the back of my fitness pal etc so yeah that's basically what they are
1: Yeah, I wouldn't bother counting them. But yeah, that is what they are.
0: And they're not bad for you, in moderation. They might make you need the toilet far too much if you do take too too many of them. But as far as... I mean, I'd
1: say, yeah, like we're saying, don't count them, but we're expecting that you have a sort of sensible diet. You're not eating eight packets of chewing gum a day and like 20 litres of Diet Coke or, you know, whatever. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, Next one's from Gemma. So does having a better workout schedule benefit fat loss? slash strength progress i worry as i tend to train monday tuesday friday saturday and sunday or monday tuesday and friday and saturday so
1: ideally we would break this up um and have you having sort of rest days interspersed between so that you've got you know you split this through the week and that's the ideal recovery for each session however what we really want you to do is get in all those sessions and how you fit that around your busy lifestyle is completely up to you. There's going to be minimal difference. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess the only thing would be if you feel you haven't recovered from a session and then you don't train as hard in the next one, but a consideration again would be maybe sleep and nutrition around that as well. So yeah.
0: Or even trying to, if you can, maybe have if you're doing a morning workout then try to do a later one the next day just to give you a few more hours recovery um sometimes
1: i i also find though that you know if you get those so i did stuff like deadlifts what two days ago Mm -hmm. and yesterday absolutely fine had no doms whatsoever today i've got doms so it it doesn't always like i probably would have got a better leg session in yesterday the day Mm -hmm. after my previous leg session but yeah it doesn't always fit in exactly but
0: yeah, absolutely. Great points. And also, stop try not to worry too much, Jenna, because you know that you, you want somebody that likes to think about every single detail. That's awesome because you nail your diet and you nail in your training, etc. But don't worry too much about the minor details um, because you're doing everything that's going to get you great results. Yep. Um, okay. One to graduates now.
1: Okay. Will I have to... T- say so this is from Rachel. Will I have to track forever... Um, I seem to only be able to perform when I track and track pretty pedantically. I feel like it's unachievable to track forever, but I feel like I can't maintain without tracking.
0: Okay, so that's a a really great kind of point and and kind of question as well. So I'm going to revert back to one of Emma's recent posts about intuitive eating. Oh, well, three was a three post, Emma, was that? Yeah, I got a little bit into it. Yeah, (laughs) um, and on those posts, like go ahead and watch them, they're great, but I, I really like what a person that if you don't know him called lion mcdonald said and um, as far as if you aren't using my fitness pal people are going to be so people that are successfully maintaining a weight or maintaining a leanness or even losing weight they those people that are supposedly eating intuitively are still kind of tracking in some way shape or form but in their head so for example they're having protein of each meal they're only having carbs or Um, in one meal for instance one meal that day or a big carb meal that day and they're eating lighter the other meals or they're having one big fatty meal with more fat and and more calories in in one meal of the day like dinner for instance and maybe eating lighter that day they'll maybe know that they've had a a more kind of calorific day one day and eat lighter the next day and that's something that um, you learn from tracking initially and what people will learn from tracking but that's what they're doing yeah 100%
1: 100% like I'm going to say absolutely no we don't want you to track forever yeah um, it's a good tool tracking is a good tool for education it's good as you know for accountability
0: yeah
1: um, after this we want you to be able to almost like subconsciously track yeah what are you doing sorry what were you just doing that was my dog Oh, right.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, so after you've got sort of, like, we know that Rachel's very knowledgeable now and she knows sort of roughly what's in each meal. Um, And then I'd go on to trying to be a bit intuitive about that or subconsciously tracking. Yeah. Um, If you decide you, you know, you reach the point you want to lose a bit more weight or you've put on some weight you want to lose, maybe you could track again. So often what I do with clients who are at that stage is that, if we've reached a plateau and maybe they want to change their body shape yet yeah, maybe we do bring in tracking again we'd be a bit more closely monitoring what they're intaking for the next week or so and then we go back to this because it can be that um portion sizes just add up and yeah. little things but i mean i've not tracked <clears throat> my fitness pal for years
0: yeah now I... and again I'll,
1: I'll go on and um sort of check what a food is or something and use it as that but i, I don't ever track anymore
0: no i I loosely hello
1: hello did Sorry. i lose you there
0: yeah um i was just saying i track some days uh, don't track other days track half a day some days um and I, I mean I say I say some days. I think I've done one day in the last three weeks. Um and I think that was half a day as well. So um yeah, it's a it is a good tool to see what think what, what what certain foods have in them, like Emma said already, if it's a new food, for instance. But like like Emma said, it's it is about as well having accountability and to yourself more than anything. That's something that people need to learn too eventually. Um you'll know again, like Emma said already, you're very knowledgeable, you'll know what's in certain foods, you'll know What's got a lot of calories in it by looking at it you what hasn't got a lot mm-hmm. of calories in it by looking
1: at it and I mean a good tip for you would be just to start like tracking less, but maybe so like okay, you're gonna track your calorie intake still and you're yeah. gonna track your protein intake, forget about the rest for now, yeah, and then just slowly sort of like work it down from that that I'd always try and like I don't track my protein intake, but I do make sure I get in twenty five grams at least four times a day,
0: yeah,
1: or you and- know like good servings four times a day
0: yes but you don't need to be tracking that and you'll only know that from having tracked initially as well so that's why yeah that's why we recommend it awesome next question is from becky and she would like some tips on surviving an all-inclusive holiday she's going away in may and has previously treated it as a holiday and gone all out but with a wedding in seven months she doesn't want to ruin any of her efforts
1: all right not bad for some (laughs) um Okay, my top tips for when you're on holiday is, they're pretty basic, but either skip a meal. So some of those meals are going to be more sociable than others. If breakfast every morning is pretty much, you know, on the go or quick or whatever, then I'd skip breakfast. If lunch tends to be less sociable, I'd skip lunch. It, You know, and, and your dinner does tend to be the more sociable meal. So if you can either, you know, maybe just have a little bit of fruit for breakfast or nothing at all and just have a coffee, or at lunchtime have a very small salad and then you've got more calories to play with in the evening. Mm -hmm. Again, you're saying it's all inclusive, which is really hard on the willpower, but it does often give you a lot of good options. So it's sort of Mm. like a buffet style and that you can go off and have as much salad as you want. And maybe just half a portion of, I don't know, whatever you're having. Um, So you can, it does give you the opportunity to make some very good choices. Um, so yeah either skip a meal so fast for some of the day or and make good choices and that would be my tips
0: yeah awesome i mean i've got them ticked off as well um another thing again you don't need to do all of these either it's just a few suggestions of what some clients or what i've done in the past as well so um if you maybe have a bigger day so there might be a day where you're out for lunch you're up for breakfast maybe you're doing a day trip or something like that then you can then eat lighter the day after so it could be like a a kind of two-day thing um, you could, if it's a dinner, for instance, you could pick a course to have as well. So you could eat light during that day and you could think, right, well, I want a starter and my main, I don't want dessert. Or you can think, right, I want uh, dessert, but I won't have a starter. What are you doing now?
1: Oh, sorry, I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: Right. I so, forget uh, that
1: you can hear it, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, and then if it's alcohol-wise, just stick into spirits and mixes. So not going for the cocktails, not going for the um the the cognac the cognacs or the kind of anything like that so yeah. no um, then,
1: guinness becky no that's guinness. it
0: and finally not having to finish your plate at the same time and so inclusive i know um you're probably going to eat that most of the time and you can kind of select your own portions but if you do eat out us british people tend to have to finish our plate and get told off mm. if you don't etc Um yeah so you don't need to do that you are in control of what you eat it's the people that you're with that makes the holiday it's not about eating all the food it, in the world or as much as you can brilliant kind of throw your throat yeah
1: so, I like that quote
0: yeah yeah it is I mean that's the thing like I'm going out for dinner on Saturday um, I'm not going to eat healthily or etc cetera, etc cetera. I'm like well you're going out for dinner yourself no I'm, I'm not I'm going with my husband or my boyfriend or my girlfriend um, so I was like well that's why you're going it's not to go and yeah. eat as much food as you want otherwise you'd be sitting going in, on your own yeah. yeah sitting in single ordering pizza and ice cream by yourself so.
1: yeah
0: great True. um
1: no. Okay, so Natasha Bean. In order to build strength and muscle, I need to be in a calorie... Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so sorry. In order to build strength and muscle, I need to be in a calorie surplus, don't I? I am about 70% happy now. Definitely slimmer, but not quite the goal of a, com- a comfortable size 10. Um, I'd also like to build some strength and lift heavier. Can I still do this when in deficit? Should I get to my goal first and then start a surplus. Uh, The whole thing confuses me as I've been focused on being in a deficit for so long and I also like
0: the idea of eating more. Okay, so two options. So there is Option number one, keep focusing on your main goal and priority first until you reach it, like you've already described. But also, personally, I think you might be at a stage where you where there's kind of no harm in trying to add a bit more strength, a bit more muscle for a little while, and then going back to fat loss afterwards. So just to give you a different focus as well, to stop focusing on the the kind of loss side of things, start focusing on the gains as far as strength is con- concerned, muscles concerned, and then when you go back to kind of wanting to get down to the comfortable size 10 you've kind of gained strength you've gained muscle and you've just kind of switched your focus slightly
1: yeah and i absolutely love that you've sort of you know you started this as a fat loss thing and it was just about getting to size 10 actually i love lifting weights and i want to be stronger and you know so i love that um i'd also say that depending on your you know this can be easier or harder depending on your experience so actually the more experienced you are at lifting weights the harder it's going to be to continue to build muscle Mm -hmm. especially if you're not in a surplus but saying that you don't need to be you know in a big bulky surplus you know you don't need to do that you could be in a slight surplus um not as much as you think you need to be um purely because you probably have you still do have a little bit of fat to lose which means you've got some of that excess energy already um so even i'd even say training around your maintenance levels calories Uh could you know a training hard and focusing on increasing strength exercise performance and yeah your training sessions and getting in enough protein and nutrients to fuel that could probably be enough that you don't need to be eating in a huge surplus and putting back on the fact that you've lost Absolutely. you should just be sitting at about maintenance
0: yeah no brilliant i, I agree um I'm just kind of doing that slowly and if you've not maybe added a little bit of weight in a month and i mean a little bit so like 0.5 to one pound maybe on average a month and um, then maybe increasing your calories slightly to to kind yeah. of account for that i mean i've seen i saw somebody on instagram the other day who is a female She's not a big female either. Apparently, she's eating four thousand two hundred calories a day because she's in a bulk. All right. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so that's a lie.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: um. But yeah, I guess remembering as well that muscle building is a very slow process, annoyingly yeah. slow. I hate it, but uh, fat <clears throat> loss is quite a fast process. So do remember that it's going to take time and that's partly why we don't need you to be in a huge surplus because mm-hmm. all that extra energy couldn't possibly be used to build muscle because no, it talking, won't be. It's so slow.
0: Yeah. How many pounds a year for a female? Was it between, oh, f-
1: it, between it, it two to
0: four or something?
1: Yeah, I, it really, and even that, if you're more experienced, like I couldn't hope to gain that.
0: Oh, no, no. I mean, um, as, a, as a male, I mean, I wouldn't be gaining that a year. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah um so, similar question from leanne um, yeah her question is around these lines so now that she's slimmed down a bit she wants to tone up and add definition her calories <clears throat> excuse me her calories are now higher so do i use the training plans i've been given and focusing on increasing the weight and the reps
1: in in a word leanne yes
0: yeah absolutely like, that's
1: exactly what we want you to do
0: even beforehand like even if you are trying to lose body fat in a diet you should always be trying to increase your rep ranges yeah. and getting stronger too so don't think i'm in a diet i need to lift less intensely or i need to do more cardio and I'll, when i try to put muscle on i'm going to try and get stronger you want to be trying to do all of that at the same time you don't really train any differently either whether you're trying to build muscle or lose body fat
1: yeah and then her second question is her neighbor likes to go running and we often do running intervals together um is this okay alongside the training plans yes absolutely that sounds lovely it's good you've got a training partner that's pushing you as well and getting out mm. and being outside like brilliant keep doing that
0: absolutely i'll let i'll let emma as a grenade fit coach as well answer this one so when she was on grenade fit 8 she was put on 1800 calories and a protein target was higher than her carbohydrate target on this program she's on 1600 and a carb target is a lot higher than a protein with having the same goal in mind with the protein and carb switch, will the protein or carb switch make a difference or is this, or is it in the long run down to the calories that is going to make the differences on our weight loss goals?
1: Well, you have kind of answered that yourself. Mm -hmm. I will elaborate a bit on the protein intake. So a lot of coaches, and I'm not going to say it's right or wrong, but want to put protein extremely high. It's just completely unnecessary. Um, again, it's up to preference if you want to have a higher protein intake, by all means, you can. But the responses we're looking from protein, so for, in terms of your adaptation to training, your ability to build muscle, your ability to recover, um, your ability to maintain that lean mass, mm-hmm. that response is saturated at a fairly moderate protein intake. So we're, you've probably been given sort of something around 120, which is more than enough. Yeah. To, to do the job of protein in the diet if you wanted to have more that's not a problem you could reduce your carb intake and increase your protein intake but there's no extra benefit to having more and what you might find is that it's very expensive to have more and yeah. most people enjoy having a little bit more carbs yeah um so that's the sort of explanation around it uh there are a few myths and i don't know if you're coach was maybe swayed by these that you know, protein intake will you know be less likely to be stored as fat or the calories mm-hmm. sort of react in a different way this isn't true it, yeah um so yeah you could have more protein if you wanted it wouldn't benefit you more in terms of um
0: your fat loss absolutely so again personal preference focusing on getting a minimum amount of protein so at least between 90 to 100 grams so as you said you're, you're on a higher protein you were on a higher protein target anyway and i know you're on more than that anyway on our plan and as emma said already those exact reasons is why um, we set things the way we do personal preference when it comes to carb targets or kind of eating carbs as well are all kind of big factors for, for kind of most people but if you do enjoy more protein feel free still hit those kind of 1600 calories increase your protein lower your carb and lower your fat target and then focus on the bigger picture
1: yep um yeah and i guess i don't know i get a bit annoyed when people set like unrealistically high protein targets yeah. that people just one don't enjoy eating and yeah. two it, it gets so expensive
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Just so unnecessary.
0: It's going back to that. Oh, protein's good for you, that builds muscle, so I'm gonna give you double the amount you need. Yeah. Like
1: if if a little bit is good, then more must be exponentially better. Like yeah. no, there is always a saturation point to these things. Yeah. Almost everything in life's on like a bell curve. Like Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, the got got two... last question Well I've got I've... two
0: more I've got, so All what right, one have you okay, go then. i but okay.
1: got... I've got Beverly. She says, um i actually only just wrote a note of her question so okay. it says it says here squats deadlifts and abs but i think she's asking um you know why are they good for core and which exercises are good aside from sort of sit-ups and
0: ah okay on you go emma you, you, if you've read it you go ahead and...
1: okay so basically she's asking she saw that someone had put up maybe it was a, a someone on instagram i think said that um, squats and deadlifts are really good for your core and mm-hmm. that they, they may be better than sit-ups um, so yes that that is potentially true you're using big stabilizing muscles for these big compound movements mm-hmm. um, she also asked which other exercises we might suggest so for me for core for abs I like to do things like rollouts, outs mm-hmm. um, parloff press mm-hmm. uh, renegade rows are really good that's stabilizing again yeah. um but yeah you're she's right in the fact that you know even things like walking lunges are really good for your core if you're keeping your posture tight yeah um yeah
0: absolutely i mean things that i like um as far as ab exercises are concerned hanging leg raises um yeah brilliant. All, all, yeah long lever planks so if you do them correctly have a look on youtube rather than just a normal plank because i just find holding a normal plank it's really boring so as long as you set your glutes yeah. and stuff it's um it can be quite a good one you should only be able to hold that for 20 to 30 seconds also i'd like to add when i was at my very very leanest i had an eight pack like i did i think i did one ab circuit well not even a circuit one set ab, one ab exercise three times um a week so and, I'm, and i still it wasn't that exercise it gave them. put it that way it's it's just to do with your leanness so your level of yeah. leanness that will, will show those abdominals everybody's got abs and, yeah, so I've got two more questions on top of that. So, Gillian, is it normal for my weight on a scale to increase when lifting weights? Again, Emma, you just did a post on this, so... Did I? Um, well, the, the what can cause scale weight to go up? Well, I say just got, did a post on it. Oh. It was two weeks um, ago, I think.
1: Well, in terms of can lifting... Yes, lifting weights can have a slight impact. That's partly due to the inflammatory response. Yeah. Um, so when you are lifting weights, you're causing slight damage to those muscles which is a signal for them to adapt to that and grow and respond which is exactly what we want from training however sometimes that does cause a little bit of inflammation so it's no bad thing but yeah it can it can make you retain a little bit of water
0: yeah like mask fat loss we did have a post the other day actually saying oh i was i've not trained for a few days um, or i've not strength trained and i'm actually lighter than i've been should i just not strength train um
1: yeah it's a cute like you you get the same as like oh, today all I ate is marshmallows and I'm lighter than I was yesterday when I ate chicken and broccoli. Should I just eat marshmallows forever? Yeah,
0: no. no.
1: Like, you know, acute weight fluctuations do not represent fat loss.
0: No, not at all. Again, that's why we look at average weight. That's why we look at average waist measurements. That's why we look at photos. That's why we look at so many different variables. And the final question is from Jax. So she's planning meals, counting out macros, which is all good and what she needs to do. One thing she's finding, though, is that there are days when she's actually eating, but she's not hungry. It's just because I know I've not used up my allowance for the day. For example, sitting at night with a cup of tea and have a tea cake as a treat because I have plenty of calories left. So I'm not really listening to my body. Am I? Question mark. But does that matter as long as I'm in a deficit? So we definitely don't want you to be eating if you're not hungry, if fat loss is the goal. So in that respect, yes, listen to your body. Ideally, try to get your protein, like we've said a few times, um, to an adequate amount. Make sure that you've got enough fruit and veg in your diet too each day. But if fat loss is the goal, eating less, um, we're not saying starving yourself, but eating less calories will cause kind of even better fat loss. If it is a case of being in a calorie surplus and wanted to build muscle, then yes, probably eat when you're hungry. Um, but And again, listening to your body as far as that's concerned. If you're trying to lose body fat and you think, I should listen to my body, I'm hungry. Don't do that because you're just yeah. going to continue to put yourself in a calorie yeah. surplus. That's so.
1: why. That's why you put on fat. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Emma. Or
1: um, I'd just add that. Yeah, like she's completely right. If you're, yeah, you kind of what we want you to be doing is eating to hunger and not to your calories per se. So if you're if you reach the end of the day, you're meant to be eating sixteen hundred calories. You're only eating fifteen hundred.
0: Yeah.
1: You feel absolutely fine like don't eat anymore but it's stupid just because that's your marker like we if you're sort of within 10 to 20 percent of your calories and you're a bit below and you're not you know you're not particularly hungry then just don't eat
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely right that wraps up our very first podcast um i know very exciting.
1: exciting. We'll get right, a wee well, intro
0: song going, intro music at one point and stuff. That'll be yeah,
1: fun. Yeah. Oh, we'll be pros at this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the brilliant questions because they were amazing this week. They
0: were.
1: Um. And hopefully you enjoy this and let us know if you do and you find it more useful than the, the
0: live Q&As. Absolutely. Thanks, guys.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.